Hello, everyone. We are back here for episode 11 of Beyond the Whistle. We're really stacking these episodes up. It's the usual boys once again. I'm Dylan, Ian Nicholas in my left-hand corner, and Cortland Parent with us again. Our special guest this week will be Luke Lipinski, a great personality in Arizona sports. We have a great amount of questions to ask him today. We're so glad to have you today. Thanks for having me, guys. We're going to start off with the basic question. How are you doing during these tough times with the coronavirus out there and no sports really to look forward to except the uh, Korean Baseball League on ESPN tonight at 1 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm doing about the same as everybody else is that has a career in sports or you know, even if you're just a huge fan of sports. This is all very weird. I've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary every Sunday because that's like all we have. And, and we, mm-hmm. we did a lot of coverage of the NFL draft last week, which went pretty good for the Arizona Cardinals. So that was kind of like an oasis in the middle of all this for us here. But now it's just kind of back to waiting like everybody else. For sure. So you're the Arizona Coyotes radio host. You do pregame, postgame and intermission work for the radio station. How is it to work with uh, Paul Bissonette, one of my favorite personalities <laughs> in the film industry? It's uh, it's something. I mean, it's great. It, it's it's great. We uh, we do like a podcast for the Coyotes on the side that we've been doing for a couple months now. And uh, I mean, you can hear Biz. You can hear him uncut in other uh, platforms. Certainly, <laughs> obviously, anything we do with the team has to be a little more tame and and, uh, and family friendly. But he's great. Greatest guy in the world uh, away from the mic. I mean, it's it's not an act. He's just he's a really good dude. But I mean, there are times where I think I work too much during the season. That guy travels constantly. Like if, if the Coyotes aren't playing a game, he's flying to Toronto or Vancouver or, or somewhere to do something for the league. So it's it's crazy, his schedule. So before – oh, Cortland, no, you go ahead. Go please. ahead, Ian. Please go ahead. You're more the announcer than I am. Well, Cortland, you make the show run. I appreciate that. So, Mr. Lipinski, uh, you did a lot growing up, you know, at Arizona State where Dylan will be uh, taking his talents uh, in a few months for college. You graduated there back in 2004 – or not with a degree in sports broadcasting, if I'm not correct. Uh, you had a degree in psychology? Yeah, um, and I don't know that everybody should go down this path, but but somebody like my sophomore year, I, I was in the broadcasting school, and somebody my sophomore year told me, you don't necessarily have to major in it to have a career in it. And mm. so I figured I would get a career in a different field because I kind of wanted to go into sports psych to, to maybe be a coach or something someday or even wow. just be a sports psychologist with the team. But the thing is, I was working at the radio station from my first semester freshman year. And it's not, I would never advise anybody to not like major in that, but the hands-on experience at the radio station or with TV was just very valuable to me because for a while I was doing it cause it was fun. And then at some point, like my junior year, the, the station director at ASU was like, you need to at least try to do this after school. And so just, that's my advice to everybody that's like getting into it is just try and do as much hands-on stuff as you can. Even if you don't like, even if you think you're going to do TV, try and do some radio, try and do some writing, just do everything you can. Totally. And like Ian said, you did a lot for Arizona state. You were the play-by-play for football, basketball, and hockey. I assume you were a sports fan growing up and how did that transition into your first uh, experience with broadcasting? Yeah, I mean, a big sports fan growing up, still the same way. You can't really get into this field. I've seen people try to do it. You can't really get into this field, though, if if you're not a sports fan, because it'll, I mean, the scheduling and stuff will wear you down. It's got to be something you love. Um, I I went to ASU kind of like as an open book to just sort of, I didn't have my major when I got there, but my dorm was on campus, which is really cool. And it ended up being a broadcasting dorm. It was like half broadcasting, half architecture. And uh, just kind of got pulled to a radio station meeting my, like the second week on, on campus because a bunch of my friends at that point were, were doing it. And, you know, once you get into it, the way, the way they did it at the time, I don't know if they still do it the same way, but 
if you have a show on the campus station, they try and get you like two or three football games a season. You use some basketball and baseball just to kind of get experience and, and figure out which one you like to do the most. Speaking of which one you like to do the most, we talked about football, basketball, hockey. Was hockey the one that just stuck out to you? Hockey is the one that stuck out to me because that's the sport I played growing up and mm. you know, still just play like in adult leagues or whatever around uh, around the town now. So, um, or at least I did up until a month and a half ago and now we can't play. But, uh, you know, they're all just very different. Like football, football was the biggest deal to be able to get to call those games because you're, you know, you're right in the press box next to Fox Sports and ESPN and everything for an ASU game. So that was great. I mean, I, I liked, I enjoyed doing all of them. I actually thought, and this is just for me, but basketball was the easiest for me. And baseball was, baseball's different. Like, cause there's just, there's so much downtime between pitches. And and now I think looking back, like, cause I, I've hosted shows, a lot of shows since then, I almost feel like you have to treat baseball like you're hosting a show and there's just a baseball game going on, you know? Definitely. And you know, Dylan, he's called football play by play. And then he called hockey this year for the first time. And he said the transition from that, you know, how rapid pace it is, is very exciting. And you really have to adjust your commentating style for hockey. So you also mentioned you do do a lot of different shows, not just, um, you know, obviously you do pregame, postgame intermission. Uh, you have a radio show called The Rundown and you also host uh, the Natural Hat Trick podcast. And I know podcasting has become a big thing more recently. What got you into your love for uh, for podcasting, and what do you like to do on the Hat Trick podcast, and what's that all about? So the Hat Trick podcast is really fun for me because I, I do it with with a guy who covers. He's like the main writer for the Coyotes here in town, Craig Morgan, and then uh, Jamie Eisner actually does some work, I think, for Sports Illustrated now, and he does some stuff for the the Draft Network. He's getting more into football, but we were just you know a few years ago we were all at Coyotes games, we're all at every game, every home game, and, and Craig travels with the team. So we just kind of looked around and there, you know, we started, I think, four or five years ago. And I actually was on one even before that. There weren't a lot of hockey podcasts, A, that focused on the Coyotes, certainly. But even like nationally at that point, like Spit and Chicklets wasn't even, I don't even know if they had started yet. or They definitely didn't have biz. And Greg Wyshynski had a few. There were a few, but like we just wanted to do it for fun. And mm -hmm. it just kind of, I would just, I mean, up until the last couple of weeks, we haven't missed a week since I think 2016 when we started. Wow. So, it, you know, it's just more just for fun and we just kind of kept doing it. <laughs> and uh, like we've been talking about, you do a lot of radio stuff. Has there ever been a strive to do maybe on air stuff or do you like that radio feel where you're the person that's showing the game to the people who are listening? It's um, it, well, as far as the show, I mean, I've, I've filled in with, with people and then the show I do in the evenings is solo. Like I have a producer and everything. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's, that's fun just cause you can, you have a lot more creative control. Like it's just it's two very different things. Like doing play-by-play -play for a Coyotes game, which I've done a few times. That's not like my main job, but I've done it a few times. That's really fun. It's all there in front of you, and you have to react very quickly. With a show, you have a lot more creative control, and you can kind of take it in different directions. You can schedule your guests like you guys do. I mean, you can you guys know all this stuff. Like you you can you can have a sense of humor about some stuff. You can take stuff more seriously. So they're both very. I think people outside of the industry look at it and they're like, oh, it's all the same. But you guys know, like once you get in there, it's it, there's very different paths you can go down. Absolutely. I mean, I want to talk more about Arizona sports. You know, they're really up and coming. Cardinals are, they're building. I mean, they got a tough division, but in the NFC West, but you know, Seahawks are in there, 49ers are in there. Isaiah Simmons just went to the Cardinals. That's a great pickup. And then you got the Coyotes and a lot of teams building up. Is Arizona sports going to be the new place where everyone's going to want a bandwagon to? <laughs> uh, well, the way it's been the last few years here, I, I think it's a little too early for me to jump on that one. But uh, the Coyotes, 
and the Cardinals and even the Diamondbacks uh, in particular, I guess, have picked it up lately. This this was supposed to be the, the year the Coyotes made a push and obviously they go out and get Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall. They were they were trying to do that. Um, you know, everything's different now with with no sports. But you, you mentioned the Cardinals for them to be able to get Kyler Murray last year and for that to work to kind of take a chance with Cliff Kingsbury. And it seems like that's going to work. You mentioned Isaiah Simmons falling to them at eight. That probably shouldn't happen. And the DeAndre Hopkins trade definitely shouldn't have happened where Houston just gave him. You guys have to understand, David Johnson had gotten to the point here where people were calling into the show last year hoping the Cardinals could just cut him and eat the salary. So for Houston wow. to take on the salary and give them DeAndre Hopkins wow. really bailed them out. So we'll see with them. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, David Johnson was a super talented player a few years ago, but just, you know, injuries, coaching changes. And then, you know, we're from New Canaan and, you know, Arizona drafted Zach Allen last year, who's a defensive end in the third round. He became the first player ever from the, uh, from our town to be drafted into the NFL. So that was a really big moment that the Cardinals embraced that. So uh, getting back more to, I guess, your relationship with the Coyotes. And I know you said you do a little bit of play-by-play work. But I've been interested when we've been talking to broadcasters. What is your relationship like, I guess, with the team? Because I know you follow them constantly. Have you been able to talk to the coaches before games, players before games? And what are those meetings pre-game and during the week like? And how has your relationship grown with the team over the years since you joined in uh, 2008? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's you know, it, it's, it changes from year to year because a lot of the players change. Like we had Shane Doan here for the longest time. Shane Doan was on the Coyotes before I ever even moved mm-hmm. to Arizona. And he just retired a couple of years ago. Greatest guy in the world. And and when he's the captain of the team, that kind of trickles down to all the other players. So, I, you know, I've heard horror stories in other towns or with other players where it's tough to work with a couple players on the team or even the whole team. It's it's bad if it's the coach, I guess. But, um, you know, here it's it, that's never been the case. It's always been a lot of really good guys on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Oliver Ekman Larson's their captain. I mean, he's been there. Basically, his rookie year was my rookie year as a, as a reporter. So, like, that's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, they've you know we've started doing stuff in the last year where i do a show with rick tockett like every other week that's it's the same podcast where like one week it's with biz and the next week it's with rick tockett so mm-hmm. it's just it's good to get to know like the coaching staff and stuff they'll kind of tell you some stuff off the air that you can't go on the record with yeah. but it helps it helps you during the broadcast so you don't say something completely stupid you know <laughs> yeah and we uh were talking with alex faust last week and he's more on air but what is your notes like? Do you have a notebook that you do? Do you do a online spreadsheet? What's your preparation for all these events? I mean, it's it's different for for a for a Coyotes game specifically. It just builds on itself, and and I mean, I haven't missed a game I don't think since I've started. So it's kind of not that it's on on cruise control, but like my note page for a Coyotes game isn't a visit would be for a two hour show. A two hour mm-hmm. show, you have to. You just kind of have to have your thoughts organized. It's it's more it's more that for me than like I'll remember the stuff when I go on the air. It's just a matter of like making sure in a specific direction and don't just keep bouncing all over the place. So my notes are typically more just to keep me organized. I mean, talking about the Coyotes, we know that you've been there since 2008. They went to the conference final in, I believe, 2012 uh, when my Devils went to the conference final. So we almost had a matchup between teams. But you know, the Coyotes have been on the, on the downturn a little bit. Do you still stay motivated even though it's like, let's say, a game 72-74 and they're not in playoff contention? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so I do the home games from the arena. I do the road games from a studio up in Scottsdale here. And mm-hmm. any game I'm doing, any home game from the arena, it's easy to stay motivated because you're just around that buzz and that energy all around the building. And, and everybody 
I've noticed it more so with hockey than the other sports. Everybody that covers hockey either played hockey or loves hockey. Like they, they want to be there. They want the game to go to overtime. There's been times I've covered baseball games where I'll be sitting next to a sports writer that hates that it's going extra innings and they want to go home or whatever. That's never the case with hockey. So it, it's easy for me to stay motivated because of that. And just because I, because I played it growing up and everything, but there was a season in there. I don't know if you guys remember the year Connor McDavid got drafted and the draft lottery leading up to that, that was the worst season the Coyotes have had since I've been here. And it wasn't that it was hard to stay motivated, but by the end of the season, you kind of knew they weren't going to win those last 10 or 12 games. That, that was the toughest it's been. So obviously from your play-by-play work to your in-studio work, you do, do have a lot of different skills, but take it back to, I guess, your writing skills. Cause I know you do write for ArizonaSports.com, and Dylan and I, especially we hear it so much. You have to be a great writer if you want to make it in this business and it will make you better on camera just cause you have a better understanding of what you're saying. So tell us, you know, how your writing has grown throughout the years and why, why you still enjoy writing and writing big time articles when you can get on air still. I think that's that's the key because some people like writing more than being on air. Uh, I like being on air more than writing just because it's always been easier for me. But you do have to be able to write. Mainly the biggest thing is like you just you need to be able to do a bunch of different things. Like you need to be versatile to get hired. And, you know, it's such a volatile industry and it's a competitive industry that there will be times when the company or the team you're working for is debating going in a new direction. If you can do five or six different things really well, you're the guy they're going to keep. Whereas if somebody else can only do, somebody else can only do podcasting, but they can't write and maybe they're not going to do podcasting the next season, then you're kind of in trouble. So the writing is, I I, talking to some of the more old school people, they say like writing's where it all started. And so that's just kind of like, you have to be able to do that to be not taken seriously, but like just, you know, constantly feel like your company feels like it can depend on you if you can write. Totally. Yeah, and Dylan and Ian here are more uh, the voice of uh, games, uh, more behind the scenes. And I'm really interested. You do so many things. We've talked about your radio show, your pregame, postgame. And you said you're almost on cruise control, but you don't want to call it that. So how's the scheduling like? Is it always built out the same, or does it mix up depending on travel and stuff like that? Uh, it's it's not. It's The schedule is – it's. like you guys will experience this probably in college where part of journalism school – because I was there for a couple of years was kind of like they will put you through these different things to see if they can weed out the people that aren't serious about doing it. Like everybody's like, Oh, I want to, I want to cover sports for a living because sports are fun. Like your job is fun every day. The the downside to it is definitely the scheduling just because, you know, for me, and it's different, it's so different for everybody. But like, for me, I have a show from six to eight every night, unless there's a coyotes game, then I'm going to the coyotes game, but I may also be at Cardinals practice during the day. And these things aren't all right next to each other. They're all over town, especially here. And so, or you might get called in to fill in for somebody or to do a report for somebody else. So you, you have to just be able to be flexible with the schedule and just know, like, it's not, it's not hard to figure it out. Like your schedule in July is not going to be as bad as it is in October when football and hockey and basketball and even baseball are all still going on. That's, that's, it's the biggest challenge. And that's ultimately why you can never be on cruise control because you may think your schedule is this for this upcoming week and you know you're going to be working Saturday and then at the last second they call you in on Sunday morning. Mm. It's absolutely great that you're going from place to place. And I want to go back to the college scene. So you graduated in 04 with a degree in psychology and then you got hired by the Coyotes in 2008. What was the real – where did you find your footing between those four years of down, almost downtime or finding jobs to get up to that big level job with the Coyotes? 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of impatient. I think I had to wait six weeks. I graduated in December of 04, so it was like right at the beginning of 05. And I had to wait about six weeks, but it felt like 15 years for me to get working at a radio station. And I did a lot of behind the scenes stuff at the beginning, which I don't mind, but it was just kind of like, it was the only way to get in at that point. Like you don't typically just step right in on air, uh, at least not for your first job. So I just did behind the scenes work at a different radio station in town and just kind of met as many people as I could and did that for a couple of years. I did, I got to do fill in hosting about within about a year. And um, it was just, it was kind of like, it wasn't any consistency, but I was still, I at least had a job in radio every week. And then uh, when the Coyotes came along, I was hosting a show, but even that was only like two or three days a week. The Coyotes job kind of took over. And I also was going to grad school at the same time. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess that's going to be a big thing for Dylan to keep in mind when he, uh, you know, he, you know, he's going to be juggling a lot during his time. I'm and you mentioned master's degree already. And <laughs> oh my gosh, but, uh, I guess, I guess a big question I have is, you know, whenever we get back to sports and we have that moment where we're all, you know, back together again, enjoying what we love doing the most and what you love doing the most, which is covering sports. Uh, what are you, I guess, most looking forward to in the future, you know, covering Arizona sports and where do you see, maybe not your career, but what do you see as like something that you look forward to the most when we get back in the swing of things? Just, you just like sports in general or for the teams here in Arizona? Well, I guess more for the teams in Arizona because that's what your career is right now, covering all the sports scene in Arizona. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the teams here, like the Suns haven't been to the playoffs, I don't think, since 2010. The Coyotes haven't been since 2012. The Cardinals and D-backs have been kind of recently, but like the fans here are just so hungry for a team just to make the playoffs or just to be in, even in a playoff race. I mean, that's the thing, like that's the stuff with the Coyotes. I still think they could have snuck in and made the playoffs this year, but even if they didn't, at least the last few weeks of the season would have been really important experience because they have a pretty young team to be playing in a playoff race where every game matters. So I do think the Cardinals are going to take off here pretty soon. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just, once Kyler Murray learns how to win in the NFL, I, I don't think he's going to lose very often for a while. So I just, I know the fan base here is, is really hungry. And I know that there's a, a very real possibility that when sports first come back, we're not going to be able to have fans in the arenas or the stadiums or whatever. But even if they're just on TV and on the radio, I know the fans here have been so hungry for a winning team for so long that whether it's the Cardinals or the Coyotes or whoever, ASU is actually with Herm Edwards is, is maybe the most, one of the most fun teams to cover just because mm -hmm. of Herm. Um, so something, stuff like that. I'm hoping college football comes back in time because covering ASU is great. Yeah, I know me and Dylan are hoping for that. And you talk about the Arizona fan base. Were you part of that fan base growing up or what teams did you support? I actually grew up in Seattle. So oh. So there wasn't hockey there. And I was born in Pittsburgh. So I, I've always been a Penguins fan before I moved here. And then when I got here, it was the first city I'd ever really lived in. Like I left Pittsburgh when I was like one or two. So <laughs> this this was the first city I ever lived in where there was an NHL team. So I obviously got behind the Coyotes really quickly. But growing up, I was like a Mariners fan, uh, a Sonics fan before they left Seattle. So that but just kind of when I got to college, I, I just sort of decided maybe it's because of fantasy sports or whatever. I just kind of became more a fan of the sports or like individual players. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm a Devils fan, but I love to watch Hall. I love to watch Connor Garland, one of my favorite younger players on the Arizona Coyotes. I'm going to wrap this up with a pretty much a broad question. So ASU, another a team that you like to cover, the football team, they beat Oregon last year. Justin Herbert, everyone brings up that in the draft coverage. But Arizona hockey is something, not just the Coyotes, it's starting to build a lot of the younger players in childhood or starting to play hockey. 
And I went to an Arizona State game this year, and they played in an arena with a capacity of about 800 people for a national team that's ranked about 12th in the nation. Can you just explain how hockey's starting to grow in Arizona? Uh, and 800 is a stretch for that arena. Like I've, I've played in that arena before. It's, it's, it's nice and everything, but they added those seats. Um, it's, it's taken off. Shane Doan was a big guy to, to, to keep hockey here because there was a lot of talk that the Coyotes might leave a couple times in the last 10 years or whatever. And, and Doan was a big part of keeping them here, but Austin Matthews being as good as he is and, and, you know, the hype that that generated and he grew up right down the street from, from where I'm recording this from. You know, he just played at like local rinks like that, like the one where ASU plays now. So that just, you know, it would have been great if he went to the Coyotes. I think if he was three days older, he would have been on the Coyotes because he would have been eligible the previous year in the draft. But for him to go to Toronto and raise that profile, stuff like that's really raising it here. And there's just, there's a lot of, a lot of former players, like they come back and retire here and then their kids grow up playing hockey here. So I know that's been happening a lot. Uh, Mario Lemieux's kid was on ASU for a while. Uh, Shane Doan's kid almost went there. Like there's, there's just a lot of those sort of connections. Mike Madonna, I know lives here. There's just a lot of those guys. Keith Kachuk's kids grew up playing here a little bit. So you're seeing it grow, but you're right. I mean, ASU has such a good hockey program now and that arena, while it's great to play in that arena, that's not built to, to house fans for a team that's that good. Not at all. I mean, I was going to the game and I thought I was in the wrong spot, honestly, because yeah. <laughs> it was like a childhood rink that we go to here in Connecticut to watch high school teams. And I was at a national team game when they're playing as 12th in the nation, something like that. So thank you so much for this interview. It was great to, you know, bring us to an Arizona scene where we're really housed in a New York media market. It's great to brought out and just thank you so much for your insight and everything. For sure, guys. Thanks for having me. Good luck with everything you do. And let me know if you need anything. Thank you. Thank you.